Welcome to the Starsology podcast. I'm your host, Arwen O'Neill, and today I'm here with my friend Katya, and we're going to be doing something a little bit different this time. This is part of our transit series, and it's also going to be part of our beginner series. So Katya is just beginning to learn astrology. Yes, I am. And she's going to be asking me some questions about an upcoming transit we have with Mars and Pluto. And this is an interesting one because Mars and Pluto are known in traditional astrology as the malefic planets, which sounds scary, but it just means that back in the day, way, way back, these planets were thought to have sort of um, dangerous or, or evil kind of connotations in the chart. When they align together, they can um, definitely sort of represent volatile aspects. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the good aspects, the bad aspects, and what's coming up right now. Thanks for the uh, celestial invite, Arwen. So stoked to learn about Mars uh, square Pluto. Uh, first question, uh, what are the characteristics of Mars in Libra and Pluto in Capricorn? Great question. So starting out with Mars in Libra, I'm going to read a little quote from my favorite astrologer here, uh, Stephen Arroyo. He wrote a lot of really super basic books. And this is what um, what Mars means in Libra. So this is um, this is if it's in your chart or if it's transiting. Mars is all about like self-assertion. It's about your drive. It's about your motivations. It's about what, um, as my 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 co-host Allison Price says, it's what gets you off the couch. Mm-hmm. So Mars in Libra asserts itself sociably, cooperatively, charmingly, and with direct relatedness. It symbolizes a desire to harmonize, and uh, it gives you a will towards action that's cooperative. So your physical energy, if you have Mars in Libra, is going to be all about relationships and aesthetic influences. It initiates a drive that's tactful and tactically directed towards balance and fairness, which are really good keywords of Libra. So the pursuit of your desires may be hindered by indecisiveness uh, when you weigh all of your options a little too too much, but it's also great for negotiation and for um, cooperation. So what's interesting is that it's going to be squaring on October 8th, to Pluto, and Pluto is the planet of uh, power, transformation, uh, destruction, and regeneration. Mm -hmm. So Mars, obviously being like sort of this martial, violent energy uh, coming up against Pluto, which is about transformation, you can see how that would be sort of uh, conflicting, especially since Capricorn, which is where Pluto is right now, um, it was in Aquarius briefly, and it retrograded in June. So we've got until January of 2024, where it's going to be in Capricorn for the last little bit until it's in uh, Aquarius for a good like 20 years. So Pluto in Capricorn is all about um, structures, it's about government, it's about uh, corporations, and it's about um, tradition. So you can see how that uh, might be a conflict where Pluto in Capricorn um, might be about corporate control and about the exercise of like political control and Mars and Libra wants to compromise and make everybody happy. So that's the conflict that's uh, that's set up with these two planets right now. Very cool, thank you. And can you describe what a square aspect is? Oh yes, actually, that's a great idea. Let's go back and, uh, and do that whole basic thing. So basically, um, two planets or, or more will, will form um, angles to each other in the sky. So a square aspect is when they're at 90 degrees to each other and if Mars and Pluto are at uh, 90 degrees to each other, that happens about every 15 months. 
So it's not an uncommon aspect, but it's not a super common one either. And Mars moves pretty quickly, uh, and Pluto moves incredibly slowly. It takes like 248 years to go all the way around the zodiac. And it's an elliptical orbit, so it spends a little bit more time in different signs. But Mars is very regular, and it's just, you know, it's like the Earth, how it just kind of goes around and, and has a very, very regular orbit. Uh, yeah, so it happens every 15 months. And the exact aspect that's coming up is on October 8th. The next one's not until September 2024. But, uh, of course, there's a whole cycle that's involved. So in between that time, uh, Mars and Pluto will be conjunct to each other. They'll be in opposition, and they'll also form um, trines and sextiles, which, <laughs> of course, for a beginner, you're like, try what sextile, huh? Yeah. I don't get it. I'm just thinking of that uh, emoji with the brain exploding right, right now. I'm like, I have so many follow-up questions, but awesome. not sure where to start. <laughs> well, exactly. And it's just like if you picture like clock, um, clock gears kind of moving, the, the planets are basically like... Uh, a massive clockwork in the sky and they're all kind of moving at their own speeds and their own orbits some of them um, have a, like a wider orbit and some have a, a smaller orbit it's um the uh the little machine um that they discovered uh the antikythera mechanism in you know ancient greece this shipwrecked and uh, and they discovered this amazing like mechanism uh, a while like maybe a hundred years ago now and it's it's been recreated by all of these uh, scientists and basically it was an ancient um, astrolabe, which means it used they used it to con uh, to uh, calculate all of the movements of the planets out into, uh, I think Saturn was the most outer planet that they knew about back in ancient Greece. So it was actually like this incredibly detailed calculator that some incredibly wealthy scientist probably owned. And um, they suspect that maybe Archimedes was actually the designer of it because he it, it really, you know, fits in with what his scientific uh, writings are that we still have to this day. But yeah, so if you just picture all these like crazy gears that are all moving at the same time, but in wildly different sizes and, and it's all just sort of working together, that's basically what's happening in the sky. This is totally satisfying my steampunkness. It's so steampunk, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's super cool. <laughs> yeah. And can you shine a light on what we can expect or what to watch out for? Sure. So with Mars and Pluto, obviously, you know, it is more of like kind of a watch out sort of thing. Um, and I'm going to read a quote here from Robert Hand, who is one of the other OGs of astrology. He's an amazing, um, very scientifically minded sort of astrologer. And this book is Planets in Transit. It's like this massive, like I've actually got the, <laughs> the, the paperback book on my lap as we're talking. Um, and you can see it's enormous. So he goes through like literally every combination of two planets and what they mean as they're transiting. So I'm just going to read actually a quote from him because nobody says it better than Robert Hand. <laughs> so he says, this can be a time for creatively transforming the world around you. And this is Mars square Pluto in any signs. This isn't just in, in uh, Libra or Capricorn. So this is any time that Mars is square Pluto transforming the world around you, or it can be a time of fierce power struggles and disagreements. These are the two poles that the transit swings between. Like all aspects of Mars and Pluto together, this one arouses your ambitions and makes you want to get ahead. Your energy level may be very high and you can use that to get a lot of work done. But unfortunately, you'll have a tendency to go about your work in a way that may arouse great opposition from the people you're confronting. And you may have to confront someone else's desire and ambition that may be at square purposes to yours. So that's, that's the square aspect. It's like when you come up to an intersection and two cars are like both wanting to go and you know unless you have like a good communication between the two you can collide mm -hmm. so the um 
be sure you haven't left any loose ends in what you're trying to do up until now. These are this is like what to watch out for. Um, if you have left loose ends, <laughs> if you've left loose ends, uh, they may trip you up and cause you to suffer defeat. So avoid the temptation to act ruthlessly or underhandedly towards others, no matter how angry you get or how much you feel they deserve to be beaten. <laughs> um, and transit cycles involving Pluto have a strange way, he says, of producing total destruction if you take illegitimate shortcuts or if you try to take advantage of people. Um, and this is a really interesting uh, thing with Pluto in um, Capricorn, because Pluto in Capricorn is the planet, um, it is the placement that the U.S. chart natally has. So uh, the U.S. has been undergoing for the last like 20 years, uh, approximately, it's, um, it's Pluto return, which means that Pluto returns to the place it was in the U.S. birth chart. Uh, so the U.S. birth chart is obviously 1776 when the country was founded. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of what we've been seeing in the U.S., um, you know, in the last like, say, 15 years, has been about this Pluto return, about like the U.S. really struggling with its identity as a country. Um, the you know <laughs> yeah, the election of of um, Donald Trump and you know the the attack on the uh, the Capitol and all this stuff really has sort of made uh, you know almost an identity crisis in in the U.S. consciousness mm -hmm. as a as a country, like as a democracy and as one of the youngest democracies in in you know in the world. It's kind of like a it's almost. Um, like a an identity crisis that you'd have like at, uh, at you know when you're in your 30s or something like <laughs> and this is kind of like the, the the thing that the US is going through right now so that's um, that's the Pluto return thing um, but uh, interestingly it says also this um, this may cause conflicts between um, individuals and groups so groups being you know maybe governments um, so if you <laughs> if you if you have something uh, where you may be um, I don't know, audited or like arrested or somehow coming up into conflict with a with a government body or like a, an authority figure or corporation or, you know, anything that is like represented by Capricorn, which is, you know, kind of the man, um, you'd want to really be careful. And and especially for the period of like a week or two before and after October 8th in this case, or whenever in the future you may be listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. um, it's usually a couple weeks before and after the exact date that you'd want to, you know, kind of watch out and, and maybe like really lean into the, the Libra side of it, which is the negotiation and the cooperation and making sure all sides are represented and, and not uh, allowing your, your sort of desire to be, to win. So is it a conflict between assertion and compromise? Yeah, basically. Um, it is th it is that, and it's also about um, wanting to to fight for something like this. This will really stir up your your urge to assert yourself. But because Mars is in Libra, it really is bringing in an, the importance of of compromise and about negotiation and about um, partnership, instead of just trying to get ahead at all costs. Which is um, it's anytime Mars and Pluto are in uh, like a close and kind of a difficult angle, like an opposition or a square, or even the conjunction, you'll find that there's this tug of war between assertion and, uh, and sort of power structures. But uh, I think that Mars in Libra is going to soften that a little bit in this particular case. So the last thing I would add about that is um, just also from Robert Hand's uh, Planets and Transits book. He says, depending on how badly you may want something, you will have to fight for it all the, all the much more hard or give it up altogether with this aspect. Um, as you strive to get ahead, you have to be careful of those in power over you. And if they're opposing you, 
they are probably stronger right now, especially with Pluto and Capricorn, because it is the, the placement of government. Um, and you will probably lose in that confrontation as an individual going up against a more authoritative or powerful entity. Um, and he says with, um, with other Mars-Pluto combinations, the energies can uh, lead to being the victim of someone else's ruthlessness. Um, and even to the point of violent assaults in some cases. So you should, at this around this aspect being exact, you should avoid violent places and violent people. Uh, he says it isn't likely to happen, but it's not worth the risk. So if there was any time that uh, you should avoid, <laughs> like going into some place where you, you feel like, ah, it's kind of sketchy, it might be dangerous, now would be the time to avoid it. It's like a couple weeks on either side of the exact aspect. Got it. And uh, what about people who are born with this aspect in their chart? Ah, yes, absolutely. So for this portion, I'm going to actually read a quote from um, Karen Haymaker Zondag's book, uh, Aspects and Personality. This is a great book uh, for beginners all the way up to like sort of, you know, intermediate uh, astrology students. And I've had this for ages. You can see I've actually like highlighted a bunch of passages with uh, little initials of like my name and friends and family and whatnot when I was when I was first learning about all this stuff. So she says um, Mars Pluto aspects, and this is including all of the aspects, not just uh, the square. But um, when these two planets come together, there is a wish for self-expression and to prove oneself and to make your mark. There's an almost compulsive need to show off combined with an enormous uh, will to power. Pluto intensifies the executive force of Mars and puts you in possession of an almost inexhaustible supply of energy and incredible resilience. The craving for power, which is Pluto, on the other hand, is activated by Mars. So we really wanna take the reins in our hands and we are fired by a boundless ambition and energy. Uh, so that's a super interesting thing about just any Mars-Pluto aspect is like these two energies, when they come together, can really be used to get stuff done and you know to to execute any kind of plans that you have that need like just energy and drive um, but if you have like tense aspects including the square and the opposition uh, these are really forceful and almost violent volatile aspects everything you uh, to do with executive ability energy and action is combined and intensified and therefore, the fierceness of these aspects can run to extremes, both in positive and negative destructive ways. Uh, she says this is seen um, in the hard aspects when we're determined to get the most out of ourselves and out of life by doing something uh, hair raising, like, you know, like doing stunts or or like extreme physical activities, uh, pushing yourself to the limit, especially in sports that are physical and mentally demanding or pitting yourself against uh, formidable foes. Um, and it's interesting because she talks about Mahatma Gandhi having this aspect in his chart and going up against the government and about, you know, just trying to change the world with the force of your will. And it's not always a violent thing, of course, because he was a peaceful protester, but it's about the, the mental like tenacity to just not give up and to, to know that you're right and that you will eventually like, you know, win, even if you're going up against like something that seems like an immovable force. So interestingly, when I was doing research for this episode, I looked at your chart and it turns out completely by coincidence because we had agreed to do this beforehand. You actually have this aspect very closely in your chart. It's not in Libra and Capricorn, um, but it is in your chart. And I was just wondering if you'd be willing to talk about how it plays out in your chart. like. Uh, First of all, what? And this is such good timing. <laughs> this means it was meant to be, right? Totally meant to be. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what does this mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, 
let's first say, do you have a violent temper? <laughs> well, if you ask my husband, no, like, do I have, no, there, I really did, um, uh, relate a lot to that, uh, assertion compromise, that duality. Yeah. Um, I often joke about how like there's in each of us, and maybe it's just inside me that there's this inner Hulk or the inner, uh, the Dalai Lama or someone. And how do I, uh, tame that, beast inside if uh, if I'm really put to the to the brim but I think um, it's part of it uh, has to do with that defense mechanism where it feels like there's an injustice and yeah. that's what I need to defend and so it's not so much that I am just randomly angry or I have a temper it's more like it feels like there's a, a big injustice happening and I need to do something about it and I need to defend it yeah yeah that's awesome. And and that makes so much sense because it's not just a, like Pluto, it gets a bad rap, but it's, it's really about transformation and it's about using, using power for, for transformation and to, you know, to promote, um, not destruction, but regeneration. So sometimes you need to destroy in order to create, obviously. Um, but that's really interesting that you, that you say that you have actually felt that in your life and that injustice does rile you up and makes you feel like you have to do something because um as i'm sure you've noticed in in the world like not everyone feels that way <laughs> a lot of people are just like well that sucks you know like, and i was like wow life is... are you okay with this <laughs> right exactly how are you okay with yeah. this i love that those are the keywords i'm going to come away with um how are you okay with this and the inner hulk like that is yeah. such a beautiful um illustration of what this aspect looks like for somebody oh thank you for turning it around and making it seem like a superpower as opposed to my achilles heel <laughs> for sure it's definitely it can be a superpower and that's i mean allison price and i always talk about this on our podcast like this is why we do this is because any aspect can be turned around to be a positive like and that's why you'd want to know about these things it's it's like so that you can go oh wow that you know that looks a little dodgy but like how can i use that as a superpower how can i you know even superpowers are you know they're they're not always like the greatest thing like being being the hulk isn't like a wonderful like oh cool i can just turn into this massive green monster <laughs> when i want to it's when he gets angry and he can't control it and then you know things go off the rails um, you know, and usually it's for, for better. It's usually to, you know, confront a bully or to, to win over like a, you know, a bad guy. But, uh, but God, imagine if every time you got angry, you turned into this like mindless green monster, like in real life, that would not be, um, you know, awesome. <laughs> that would, that would be very difficult. Yeah. That I would mean, be a lot more obvious. <laughs> clothing budget would just go through the roof too. All those shredded power suits. Oh yeah. Totally. So Mars-Pluto aspects can also um, be used in a positive way uh, in competition. And I know that there's some of that in your life. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, well, now that you mention it, absolutely. I didn't realize like how much uh, competitiveness I do, I am involved in, uh, from running races to playing board games to... I can't think of anything at the moment. Uh, Murder mystery parties. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's coming up. So excited. But um, yeah, it, it really is a big part of my life. And you're right that it is such a um, great way to see how I'm using my superpower, in quotes, uh, to, for good. Because, you know, that is a healthier outlet than 
reaching out and punching someone or yeah. or just being the office dick that yeah, everybody exactly. avoids because yeah you take credit for their work yeah and, <laughs> and that does satisfy that need to be uh, um, uh, to tame that uh, inner Hulk and yeah. uh, in in the best way possible so I didn't realize that I was already doing it so much and uh, I always I have worked towards it and it has satisfied quite a few aspects of my life and. I'm so glad you brought that up. I yeah. didn't realize. I mean, well, I mean, we live in the same building, like full disclosure here. Yeah. And every time I see you, you're 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 doing something active, which is, you know, like I mean, most of the people in Vancouver are like, yeah, there's a lot of people who hike and bike and all that stuff, but yeah. you're you're always going on trips, you're always like planning some game night or like a biking trip or, you know, just uh doing some different new sport or um I know you did Krav Maga for a while, which is awesome. It's oh, like yeah. the uh, the Israeli martial art. Highly recommend it. It's a great way to burn off uh, energy yep. and uh, learn a really great self-defense skill. But yeah, you're totally right. Like I felt that I have so much energy that I do need to expend. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the, the better outlet is something active or something with my hands, whether it is uh, actually exercise, but you can't, you know, uh, exercise every second of your life. Right. And so the other part of it that's a little bit more calm and easier on the body would be uh you know listening to something calming like a, an audiobook or a great podcast like starsology yeah. <laughs> um but doing something with my hands like folding laundry or cutting vegetables or just um still something kind of active but yeah. more gentle than constant exercise and like uh, this is interesting too because i know what you do for a living you do acupuncture i sure do and is, a lot of massage and a lot of cupping as well, which is so manual. Right. Uh, yeah. But it's it's interesting with Mars and Pluto thinking about like you're using like poking implements to heal people, like to bring about like, uh, you know, um, regeneration and transformation in their muscles and in their health by Stabbing them with little needles, which is Mars, like Pluto, in a very wonderful looking <laughs> illustration. That's a beautiful way of describing it. Absolutely. I, I don't know if that, that go in your business yeah. card, poking people for transformation. But. I definitely avoid using the term stab, but yes. you know, I've heard yeah. it a few times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it definitely tames my, uh, uh, you know, the beastly side with some namastes. Exactly. <laughs> using the stabbing for good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So this has been great. Just to wrap up, I mean, this is one of those aspects that people might look at and be like, oh, no, this is coming. Like, I should, you know, stay out of the downtown east side or like a dangerous place, like hold your purse when you're walking home. Those are always good ideas, but it's not about, oh, something bad's going to happen. It's about harnessing this volatile energy and trying to do something good with it. And we can look forward to this in um, the coming days because October 8th is is fast approaching and then if you're listening to this in the future the next one is uh, September 2024 and it's approximately every 15 months after that so do you have anything you wanted to add yeah uh, well now that since we've talked about uh, this duality of uh, you know assertion compromise that's uh, something that's really uh, stuck with me recently is uh, I've been watching this show called foundation Ooh, fabulous show. I've heard about it 
Ah, excellent. Uh, even if you're not into sci-fi, have to give it a try. One of the quotes that uh, really struck me, and it's possibly because it's between uh, this uh, daughter and uh, father, um, they have this really wonderful relationship, but he's ever since she was a little girl, he's always told her, violence is the last refuge of the incompetent. Nice. And even as I just said it, like I got goosebumps. Yeah, you know, and uh, I just really like how it's uh, it's uh, so powerful in a way of, you know, you can, you know, breathe deeply to calm yourself, but uh, uh, seeing it as a way of, uh, uh, like, what else could you do? Like, what other creative outlets can you harness yeah. this? Uh, I guess temper, yeah, <laughs> the, this uh, volatile side, yeah. and uh, I, I've been thinking about that quote uh, quite a bit, and I kind of like where it's taking me. It, yeah. it feels like I'm on a self-awareness journey. Amazing, uh, yeah, and all because of a show. Yeah, it's great <laughs> advice for anyone. If you find that you've resorted to violence, you've already failed, whether you win or lose the fight. Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. Arwen, this has been such a stellar and enlightening conversation. I've learned so much. Amazing. Thanks so much. And thanks to our audience for listening. We're going to be uh, releasing shorter podcasts like this every week now. So you can look forward to hearing the Starsology podcast every Sunday and every Wednesday. So thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for getting this far through the episode. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the two main options of my astrology services. So the first one is coaching. If you are an aspiring astrologer, and by that I mean someone who's perhaps a hobbyist astrologer or someone who's learning astrology or a student, or you've got a few books and you've been doing it for a while, but perhaps you need a little bit of help to bring it all together then maybe getting some astrological coaching from me would be the answer for you. The astrology coaching I offer is a one-hour session on Zoom, and it's tailored to answer your particular questions. For example, if you have issues with natal chart readings, we can go there. Or if you're having problems working with your forecasting, we can go there. Or even basic astrology stuff, or even getting yourself organized for your astrology business. The idea is that astrological coaching will answer your particular questions. It's tailored specifically to you and where you are in your astrological journey. And I'm happy to help you out with some guidance about how you can get going, what to focus on and what to dismiss. So that would be the astrological coaching for people trying to learn astrology. The second astrological service I offer is consultations. So this is for someone who perhaps doesn't know anything about astrology, but they just want to have their chart read or get their chart done. Call it what you will. So once more, this is a one-hour consultation over Zoom. I will interpret your chart, tell you about the main features, tell you about where the energy is flowing, and all the rest of what is entailed in a thorough natal chart interpretation. I can also add in some forecasting in there too, bearing in mind we only have one hour. So just in summary, I've got coaching for people who want to learn astrology and I've got uh, consultations for those who want to get an astrology reading done. I'm Alison Price from starsology.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.